Hey, and welcome to this wonderful time of studying the word of his grace. I'm excited to welcome every one of you today to this wonderful time of the word. You know, Abel Damina is my name, and I'm excited that we're able to spend these few days that we have. Um, they call it days of lockdown or days where everybody should stay in their houses or some people are being quarantined. But they, for me, they are days of studying and days of praying and days of looking inward to be able to arrive at a proper resetting for the future. I want to welcome every one of you. Help me share the video today. We're going to have a powerful time as we study together the word of his grace. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice that we have access into the deep things of God by the Holy Spirit. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. The things that God has prepared for those whom he loves. But they are revealed to us by the Spirit. They are revealed to us by the Spirit. Thank you for the access that we have into the deep things of God by the Spirit. We have access into answers, access into solutions, and access into all that redemption has provided. So for viewers all over the world this morning, both on Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, and all the platforms, I decree that revealed knowledge is granted everyone by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right. Yesterday, we began to look at a number of things. First of all, we said if your revelation of God is distorted, your relationship with God will be distorted. Listen very carefully. Your revelation of God sets the platform for your relationship with God. So if you do not have accurate, precise, exact understanding of who God is, it will affect your interactions with God and it will even affect how you receive from God. So revelation knowledge is very precise and very critical for every believer in Christ Jesus. We also established yesterday that the character of God has been consistent, is still consistent, and will be forever consistent. James chapter 1 verse 5, Brother James says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, not in wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think, let him not think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Why? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What we mean by a double-minded man is a man whose perspective of God is dual. He has a dual image of God's character. God is good, sometimes God is bad. God giveth, sometimes God taketh away. God is responsible for calamities and sometimes God heals them. You're double-minded. And he says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And he says, let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. James' words in that scripture shows us clearly that receiving from God is very critical when it comes to your perception of God. Let him ask in faith, not in wavering. 
he explains wavering as being double-minded. The word wavering implies to judge, to separate thoroughly between two things or opinions or dispute. When you are wavering, when you are double-minded, it means you are not single-minded. It means you have a dual picture of God's character. The word waver in the book of James has to do with the character of God. Then James now begins to describe God's character. First of all, he says, he gives to all men liberally. He gives to all men liberally without finding fault. James explains God as a giving God, that God's character is to give. He gives, he gives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He who spared not his son, but gave him up for us all. Okay? God is a giver. And he gives without finding fault. He does not upbraid. He does not find fault. Number two, God does not tempt with evil. We saw that yesterday. Let, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. We also established yesterday that God does not, is not, God is without variableness, nor a shadow of turning. There's no shadow of turning with God. He does not vary. And he does not change. He's the same yesterday, the same today, and he will be the same forever. <clears throat> now today we're moving into this area of prayer, of faith. Because in this time when this pandemic is everywhere and people are, you know, bound with fear, people are struggling with all kinds of thoughts, imaginations, some people's visions and dreams and hopes are crippled, it's so important to understand that God remains consistent in spite of what the devil has done in our time. And it's also important to know that you are not hopeless. It's important to know that you are not a victim. It's important to know that you are the one who has received the abundance of grace, which is the gift of righteousness. And the essence is for you to reign in life through Christ Jesus. Now, in that same James, verse 7 says, James 1, 7, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now, that word, receive anything from the Lord, is very important. The phrase, he shall receive, implies literally to take from or take off. Let him not think he shall take from or take off the Lord. Every time it was used by the others, it was used to describe an action. Hence, it was never passive in its application. The following are instances where that word is used. John chapter 6 verse 32. John chapter 6 verse 32. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Notice again his emphasis on the character of God. My Father giveth you. And then he says, And giveth life unto. My Father giveth you. And give it life unto. In verse 35, he explained the responsibility of the recipient to receive what the Father has given.
by believing. God's responsibility, which was demonstrated by his character of love, was to give his son. Our responsibility is to receive what God has given by believing. To receive what God has given by believing. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Have so the believer's responsibility or a man's responsibility is to receive what God has given. And somebody said to me, but why is it that so many people don't have healing? So many people don't have manifestation of what their desires is? When you fail to receive what God has given, God cannot force it on you. His responsibility is to give. Your responsibility is to receive what God has given. Please, that's very important. The act that he died for the world does not translate automatically to the world having everlasting life. Everlasting life is only received when a man believes. Thus, receiving is an activity that happens consciously. Believing is an activity that shows that there is a responsibility on the part of the recipient to receive what the father gave in his son. Thus, when a man chooses not to receive what God has given, it does not change the fact that God has already given. It also does not change the character of God. As one who gives to all without finding fault. Oh, wonderful. Listen again. Thus, when a man chooses not to receive what God has given, it does not change the fact that God has already given. It doesn't change the fact. And secondly, it does not change the character of God as one who gives without finding fault. A man of God said he was praying and he was saying to God, Oh God, Give me this, give me that, give me that. You've not given me this, you've not given me that. And God said to him, stop blaming me for your failure to receive what I have given you. Stop blaming me for your failure to receive what I have given you. Are you seeing? So the problem is with man receiving. God has already given the believer does not have a power problem. When you got born again, all of God's power was given to you. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, 16, 17, 18, brother Paul says, I cease not to pray for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, that you may know the riches of his inheritance in the sins. Now observe, that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand in the heavenlies. That you may know that exceeding greatness of his power 
the believer does not have a power problem, but the believer needs to know the power. The believer does not have an inheritance problem, but the believer needs to know what this inheritance is. The believer does not have a love problem. Romans chapter 5 verse 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The believer does not have a love problem. The love of God is in the heart of the believer. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given to the believer. The believer is a partaker of the divine nature. That is, the nature of divinity lives on the inside of the believer. The believer possesses all that makes God, God. The believer possesses all that makes God, God. That is, the believer is a custodian of God's life. A custodian of God's life. That's why he now says that the believer has to accept the responsibility. The responsibility of receiving. So James says, let not that man think that he shall receive. He didn't say, let not that man think that God will give. God has given. It is now for the man to receive. But if that man is double-minded, that man that is double-minded cannot receive anything because his mind is not fixed. So he lacks faith in receiving what God has already provided. When a man is double-minded, that man is in unbelief. Therefore, he cannot take delivery of what Christ has made available. Now, recall that phrase, he shall receive, to take from or to take off. See the way it is used in John chapter 6, verse 51 to 54. I am the living bread which came down from heaven, Jesus speaking. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then said Jesus unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. Notice the criteria in receiving from the following phrases. If any man eat of this bread, eat the flesh, drink the blood. Obviously, these phrases are figurative expressions used by Jesus to explain the role of the recipient in receiving what will be made available upon his death, burial, and resurrection. Remember, the man has to eat the flesh. He didn't say, I will feed you the flesh. He said, you eat my flesh. You drink my blood. So the responsibility of the man is to eat and to drink. The responsibility of God is to give. And he gives without finding fault. He gives without any form of doubt or fear. It is left for the believer to receive in faith. Now, so he says, if any man eat of this bread... Eat the flesh. Drink the blood. So believing is an activity 
that shows that there is a responsibility on the part of the recipient to receive what the father gave the son. Actually, Philemon will put it like this, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing, by, by the sharing of your faith or the fellowship or the participation of your faith will be by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. The acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, please, this is very important. So, the believer has to receive. He has to take delivery of what Christ has provided him. The day a man believes and receives is not the day God gave. The recipient has only taken advantage of what God has already given. Of what has already been given to him by God. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 he says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is gone. You shall receive. You shall receive. In Acts chapter 19 brother Paul asks those believers in Ephesus. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Have you received the Holy Ghost? Since you believe, in the book of 1 Corinthians, brother Paul says, the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. The natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. Jesus speaking in Mark 11, he says, he says, what is soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive. So the believer must learn how to receive. And receiving is in faith. Receiving is in faith. Have you received? You shall receive. The natural man cannot receive. A man cannot receive anything from above. A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. Receive, receive, receive. All of God's gifts all of God's supplies, including healing, including miracles, including everything that we have in Christ Jesus, including even the word of God, must be received. <laughs> James will put it like this, that with meekness, you receive the engrafted word. With meekness, you receive the engrafted word. Everything that comes from God must be received. Have you received the Holy Ghost? receive the spirit. He says, and Samaria received the gospel in Acts chapter 8. They heard that Samaria has received the gospel. So, everything that comes from God must be received. If you don't receive, God is not going to force it on you. You've got to receive it. So, that phrase, you shall receive, implies to take advantage of what has been given. To take advantage of what has been given in other words, Jesus says, you shall take advantage of. So the responsibility of every believer is to consciously, intentionally, deliberately receive in prayer. You receive without taking a no for an answer. Because God's answers does not have a no. 
God's answers does not have a no. So you receive without taking a no for an answer. He says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally. And obey it not, it shall be given. It shall be given. Then he says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his way. Let not that man think that he shall receive. He shall receive. All the promises of God have been com- com- completed, fulfilled in Christ. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been delivered to the believer. All the believer needs to do is to receive what has already been given. But the problem is many believers do not know how to receive. Very important. How to receive. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We said last time, I mean just a few minutes ago, that phrase, you shall receive, means to take from or to take advantage of. Now, in, in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he has already told them you shall receive power in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall receive, you shall receive. He didn't say you shall beg for, he didn't say you shall cry for. He says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Then in Acts chapter 2 now, it lends credence to this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The context was well explained. Notice the action. They began to speak. They began to speak. God did not speak for them. They began to speak. The Holy Spirit did not speak for them. They began to speak. What was the promise? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Acts chapter 2 fulfillment. They began to speak in tongues. So they did the receiving intentionally and deliberately. They had to receive. They began to speak in tongues. Thus, the receiving action was demonstrated by speaking. They spoke. And when they spoke, their speaking was the receiving. Their speaking was the receiving. This implies that there was an activity involved in receiving. Let me be honest with you, friends. One of the greatest problems in the body of Christ today is believers do not know how to receive from what Christ has provided. Many believers don't know how to receive. Some of them have not been taught. Some of them have not been trained. So they don't know how to take delivery of what has been given. It is not God keeping anything from you. It is you not receiving what God has already provided in Christ. Listen carefully. He that speared not his son, 
He that spared not his son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things that pertain to life and godliness has already been given to the believer. The believer is not the needy. The believer is supplied for. The believer is not bound by the enemy. The believer has freedom. God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Which means it is left for you to receive the spirit of God, which does not have fear. So you receive the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Or you receive the spirit of fear. Is one of the two. You are either receiving from what God has already given, taking advantage of, to receive from, or receive of, love, power, sound mind. Or you receive fear. It depends on which one you are receiving. And in Acts chapter 2, they began to speak. How did they receive? They received by speaking. They received by speaking. When you begin to speak, it's an expression of what you are receiving. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the mouth, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You receive... They began to speak in tongues. You receive by speaking an activity. Activity. So their action, their action was their speaking in tongues. So when Jesus said, you shall receive power, he was referring to believers taking from or taking advantage of of the power of God resident in them. It was not going to come from outside. That power was already in them. So they shall receive of or they shall take from the power available in their inside. Listen carefully. The believer has all things that pertain to life and godliness. The believer has all the blessings. He had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. The believer has the exceeding greatness of God's power, which was wrought in Christ when Christ was raised from the dead. The believer has everything that Christ has. The believer and Christ are one spirit, but the believer must receive what has already been supplied on his inside. The believer is not in need He must take advantage of the power resident in him. So brother Paul now taught believers in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto him that is of power to do exceeding. Abundantly. Above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or receive of him according to the power that worketh in us so there is a power at work in the believer according to that power 
God is able to do. In Acts 2.38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive. Earlier, he explained Joel's prophecy. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. In Joel 2, verse 28, and in Acts 2, 16, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. The emphasis was on the fact they shall prophesy. So consistently, he was referring to the action of the believer. Thus, the term gift of the Holy Ghost, as used by Luke in the book of Acts, was referring to utterance. You shall receive power. Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So the believer must learn to receive what God has provided. The believer must learn to receive what God has provided for him in Christ. If you do not take advantage of, if you do not receive it, it cannot come on you by force. Please don't forget, he says, have you received the Holy Ghost? Now, in James chapter 5 verse 14, James chapter 5 verse 14 and 15, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if you have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So James explains the prayer of faith. Recollect that there are activities involved in receiving. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. And they began to speak in tongues. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, they received. Acts chapter 2, verse 16 to 19 is all about receiving. And there are activities. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. They began to speak. Those are the activities Call receiving. Now, in Acts 2.38, we saw how that the term gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Ghost upon was used to explain utterance. Holy Ghost upon, gift of the Holy Ghost, all those were terms to explain they spoke. They spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 8 verse 16, the same term is used. Acts 8.16 and 17. For as yet he was falling upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them and they received. They received on the line. They received the Holy Ghost. They had believed the gospel earlier in chapter, in verse 12 and 14. Let me read verse 12 and 14. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Verse 14. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard 
that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Hence, they had received the promise of the Spirit. To receive the word of God is to receive the promise of the Spirit. To receive the word of God means to believe the gospel, means to be born again. To be born again means to be born of the Spirit. So, to receive the word of God is to receive the promise of the Spirit. Galatians 3.13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, be made a cause for us, for it is written, Cost is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that we may receive the promised spirit, the promised spirit through faith, that we may receive, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, that we may receive the promised spirit through faith. Very important. The promised spirit, which is the indwelling of the spirit. Because the indwelling of the spirit is the right and privilege of everyone who has believed the gospel. It is the right and privilege of everyone who has believed the gospel. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 9. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Hallelujah. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The proof that you are born of God is that you have the spirit of God. You can't be born again and you don't have the spirit of God. You are born again because you are born of the spirit. Alright, so if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him, glory to God, that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. And this was corroborated in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. The spirit of God dwelleth in you. Glory to God. In other words, there was an action from those who were recipients of the spirit. They received from or took advantage of what God has placed in them. That receiving was evident from the actions they took. The believer in Christ is born of God. The believer in Christ is born of God's life. The believer in Christ is not a victim. The believer in Christ is so born of God's life that what is in Christ is in him. What is not in Christ cannot be found in him. He has the spirit of God. He has the seal of God's promise. Ladies and gentlemen, but you receive or you take advantage of healing. Healing resides in the believer. You take advantage of utterance and you speak in tongues because the tongues reside in the believer. You take advantage of God's wisdom. 
Because God's wisdom resides in the believer. You take advantage of God's righteousness. Because God's righteousness resides in the believer. You take advantage of God's authority. Because God's authority resides on the inside of the believer. The believer is self-contained. The believer is self-contained. The believer is an amalgamation of immortality with mortality. The believer is Kalebatoka. The believer carries and possesses all that makes God, God. The believer is filled with the fullness of God. Everything that makes God, God resides of the inside of the born again man. In fact, John chapter 8 verse 51. John chapter 8 verse 51. This will bless you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Halabagada, if any man keep my saying, he shall never see death. You didn't see that. If any man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Underline that. He shall never see death. Underline that. Give me the next verse. Verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste death. In fact, give me the New King James Version. The New NJKV. I mean, NKJV. New King James Version. Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead and the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Give me verse 51. John 8, 51, NKJV. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Underline that. He shall never. He shall. Kabola He shall never see death. He shall never see death. Give me Hebrews. Underline he shall never see death. Give me Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. King James Version. The old King James. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Jesus tasted death for every man. Hold on. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26. Pay attention. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Give me the next verse. Give me the next verse. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So, 
every man has one appointment with death. And Jesus has kept that appointment. He has appeared and he has tasted death for every man. How many appointments? One appointment. And Jesus has kept that appointment for every man. Give me verse 28 of Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of men. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Give me Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise himself took part of the same. That through death, Managa, that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Give me verse 15. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject unto bondage. Fear of death keeps men in bondage. But Jesus said, when you believe in him, you shall not taste death. Why? Why? Please hold on. Why? John eleven twenty five. John eleven twenty five. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Yet shall he live. Give me 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Shall never die. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? He shall never die. Christ in the believer is the signature of God's ownership over that believer. Christ in the believer is the signature of God's ownership of that believer. So Christ in the believer is immortality in mortality. Christ in the believer is immortality in mortality. It's what we call eternal life. God's life. God's life. And that believer has escaped from corruption because he is born of the incorruptible seed, the sperma of God, the seed of God. And that seed is eternal. That seed never dies. That seed never dies. Immortality and incorruptible seed refers to the believer's union inseparable union with Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. 2 Timothy, put it up for me, chapter 1 verse 9. Who had saved us, glory to God, he had saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his purpose, his own purpose, his own purpose, 
his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Given, hold on, which was given us. So look at what was given to us in Christ Jesus. Saved us, called us, according to his own purpose and grace. Saved us, called us, according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Next verse. But is now made manifest. That calling, that purpose, that grace, that calling, that purpose, that salvation is made manifest by the parousia of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The appearing, the parousia. Who hath, 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 if your Bible is mine, I will circle that hath. Who hath abolished death. He hath, Jesus, abolished death. And had brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So the gospel is the preaching of life and immortality in Christ. An inseparable union between the believer and God. A union that cannot be separated. And the authority of the believer stems from that union. The authority of the believer stems from that union. That's what Paul was speaking about in Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. Put it up for me. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. So Christ is the life of the believer. Christ is the life of the believer. Corona cannot be in Christ. That virus cannot survive Christ. It cannot survive the believer. The believer has passed from death to life. It's called born again. So the gospel is the gospel of the reign of life over death. Because the day you got born again, you were resurrected from death to life. The believer has eternal life, not temporal life. The life of God. It is, it is, that is what makes the believer to reign in this life. That is what makes the believer to reign in this life. And you trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. But remember, you must receive you take off, you take from, you take advantage of what you have. You take advantage. You receive right now. You, Kabbalah Takenia, you receive right now the life of God manifested. You receive healing for every symptom, for every oppression of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, you receive healing for your body. You receive the life of God manifested in your body. We command infirmities. We command disease. We command every virus. We command every affliction. We command paralysis. 
We command every demonic hold over your body broken in the name of Jesus. Wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, we cripple fear. You will not receive fear. You will not. You will not receive fear. You receive love. You receive power. You receive a sound mind. That's what you have in Christ. You have love over fear. You have power over cowardice. You have a sound mind, the mind of Christ, the understanding of Christ. What cannot be in Christ cannot be in you. Surely he was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. By his stripes you were healed. The word of God is God's medicine for your body. And I speak over you now, the power of God is at work on your inside. The power of God is at work on your inside. You are filled with all of the fullness of God. Ratobagada. Whatever is not planted by God, I command it rooted out. And we declare right now, wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, be healed in your body, be healed in your mind, be healed in your circumstances. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Life over death. Life over death. Faith over fear. In the name of Jesus, Lakotakalia. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Christ in you is God's signature of ownership over you. God's signature of ownership. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember, you are possessed with God's life. Walk in that consciousness today. Walk in that authority today. Walk in that realization today. Walk in that, in that understanding and take off, receive off, take advantage of all that you have on your inside and voice it. Give voice, give expression to what you have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. What a time we are spending together. Learning every day. And I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to be here next tomorrow. 10 a.m. GMT plus one every day. Bringing you this word. We're going to build you up with so much word. You'll be so filled and full of God's word. That the enemy will have nowhere to hide around you. In a few minutes, I'm going to open the phone lines. There are two numbers. One for text message. And one for phone call. Please don't call the number for text message. And don't text the number for phone calls. They are different. So make sure you call the right ones. But I'd like to quickly read the, some of the text messages we got yesterday. Because I couldn't do that before we begin to pick up your calls for today. Or I'll be reading them as we, as we pick up the calls. So that we can receive both the calls and the text messages interchangeably as we go but there are two numbers and they're coming on the screen right now one number for calls and one number for text messages and we'd like you to call right now reach out to us right now and share with us what god is doing in your heart how the word of god is building you up you know somebody said to me yesterday that i do not demonstrate power <laughs> and i know what he means what he means by demonstrate power is drama throw people on the ground and all that but actively, the power of God is contained in God's word. And when God's word goes forth, God works with his word confirming. 
Lives are changed. Lives are changed. Believers are built. People grow in the knowledge of Christ. People grow in the understanding of God's word. And they begin to function in the place of authority. So instead of producing miracle seekers, we are producing miracle producers. We are producing proof producers. We are raising quality men and women who will preach this gospel in the demonstration of God's power and in the demonstration of Christ's victory. So wherever you're watching right now, the phone lines are open. The numbers are on the screen. There's a number for call and there's a number for text message. Please make sure you know the difference. You can call in now. The lines are open. Praise God. We have the first caller on the line. Hello. All right. We've lost that call. We've lost that call. You can call in from wherever you're watching on Kingdom Life Network, all over Africa, all over Ghana. You can call in now. We want to be able to know where you're watching us from around the world, especially those of you watching through Kingdom Life Network. We'd like to hear from you today. And those of you on the social media platforms too. The number is on the screen. And we are expecting to hear from you right now. We have a first caller for the day. Hello, good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Please, when you call us, stay away from your TV set, stay away from your phone or any noise. Because if you don't, we won't hear what you're saying. So when you call us, stay away from your TV set so we can hear you clearly and we can be able to interact with you very clearly. All right? Um, yesterday, we had text messages. One from Kenneth in South Africa. Thank you so much for the epignosis. Fear has lost hold over me. Amen. Praise God. That's a good one. We have a caller on the line. Oh, we've lost that call again. Then yesterday we got another text message from Kenya. Uh, Cynthia from Kithingela in Kenya. My husband and I want to appreciate the work you do in laboring in the word of truth. The message of Christ is what is building us up daily. And we want to acknowledge the good work you are doing for the body of Christ and the world at large. Thank you so much and blessings to you. Thank you, Cynthia, for reaching out. Somebody else sent us a text. Good morning, man of God. I'm James from Ghana. Please, we are in Ghana. Can we get your books to buy? Well, what you do is, um, before the broadcast is over, we'll be able to give you information. All right, we have a caller on the line. Hello, good morning. Hello. Good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Morning. I'm calling from Kaduna. My name is Steve. Okay, Steve, go ahead. Go ahead, we're listening. Hello? Go ahead, we're listening. Okay, I want to appreciate Papa for teaching us that the demonstration of the power. Can you hear me? Yes, very loud and clear. That demonstration of power is in the preaching of the word. That's right. Not in Christ's matters. That's right. That's right. Hello? Hello? Your network. We've lost that, that caller. Please call again. We'd love to hear from you. It's very important. We have another caller on the line. Hello, good morning. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. We've lost that caller. 
Hello, good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Good morning. I'm, I'm Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan, if you can just give us some volume. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Jonathan calling from Ghana. All right, Jonathan, morning. Um, I want to thank you for blessing me this morning. Through Kingdom Network. Praise God. Hello? Yes, we're hearing you. Go ahead. We're listening. Please, where can I get your, your tapes? Okay, our materials in Ghana, we will give you the information before the broadcast is over. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we have another caller on the line. Hello, good morning. Hello? Good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Zedia. I'm calling. I'm calling from Ireland. I'm originally from Bethlehem, from Jesus' land, Jerusalem. All right, go ahead. We're listening. Thank you, Pastor, for everything you've done in my life. I have a question about uh, my my brother's wife died seven months ago, and then I believe uh, can I raise her from the dead? As a believer, after seven months, go ahead. We're listening. I believe in raising the dead. 